<laughs> uh, do you have any questions? No, I'm all good. Uh, Listen to a, few, a good few apps, so know how we go. Yeah, we'll be fine. Good. Do you prefer Andy or Andrew? Andy. Andy's good. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll yeah. just type that, otherwise I'll forget. No problem. Hear me okay and everything? Yeah, my... yeah perfect. Coming through all right. Good. Yeah, fantastic. All right. <clears throat> Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TJF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not so favourite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week, I am joined by a relatively new friend of the show, host of the Road to Nowhere podcast, Andy. Hello. Oh, hey, Kat. How are you? Fantastic. I'm actually, like, shitting in my room. It's so cold <laughs> outside, yet my room is, like, a million degrees. Aye. Oh, I'm in... <laughs> as you can tell from the accent, I'm in Glasgow, so it's always cold. <laughs> Pretty much. Do you ever have, like, warm days? Uh, maybe maybe twice a year, occasionally <laughs> randomly in m- March, <laughs> which is our it's, winter. So <laughs> it's still, it's still hot here in March. Yeah, yeah. What's a hot uh, day for you? Like how? What's the temperature? Um, twenty, maybe, maybe like a twenty. Sometimes I mean we have had twenty fives. So I don't know. That's that's Celsius. I don't know. I'm still Celsius. You're still yeah. Celsius there. Yeah. So I would say. Aye, twenty five is probably hot, really hot. Twenty five, I'd wear like jeans and a t shirt. Oh no, it's shorts and t shirt. Everyone out at the park, <laughs> beers, everything. Oh yeah, like I mean, <laughs> you don't need to give Australians any excuse to have beers, honestly. <laughs> same here, uh, yeah. same here, pretty much here. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably you guys' fault that we do that. Um, yeah. But when you said twenty degrees, like I, um, twenty degrees is cold for me. Below yeah. twenty degrees, I would still be in tracksuit pants and a hoodie. Oh God. no no! That's a, we, there's actually a, a story about my my granddad when he went to Australia. He um, people were walking about in coats and scarves and things like that, and he was swimming in the pool because he yeah. just found it absolutely <laughs> roasting. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. my my opa came here from Vienna, and even in the middle of summer, he'd be in a pair of shorts, a polo shirt, but mm-hmm. he'd also have socks with like sandals on. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I guess that's an Austrian thing. Yeah, whatever that is you're doing. <laughs> you do see it sometimes on holiday. Yeah. He lived here most of his life. Like he, oh, well. he passed away earlier this year. But it's uh-huh. like, you, you're he, you've been here every year for summer since you were like 23. Yeah, what are you doing? No excuse. <laughs> <clears throat> You're all good. So today we're talking about another Mike Flanagan film because uh, we both discovered that we love Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm. How amazing. So yeah. why did you choose? Uh, I was about to say Geralt and I was like, oh, wrong, <laughs> wrong media. Yeah. <laughs> Geralt's name. <laughs> um, well, I think especially this year, there's you've seen what Mike Flanagan is is really great at. He's, he's a great storyteller. Gerald's Game was one of these ones that people said would be unfilmable because the book is kind of it's just an inner monologue, really. Um, the the job that he's done on it and the two central performances from Carla uh, Gugino and Bruce Greenwood, it just it fascinates me. Um, the 
they, the fact that they would hold your attention so well for it's it's quite long having just the yeah, yeah just the, the two main characters in it. So I think it's about an hour and fifty minutes. But it doesn't yeah. feel like that at all. Like no, for, not at all. It's fantastic. Yeah. And just for a, a essentially something that takes place all within one room. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just I just thought it was a fantastic bit of storytelling. Mike Flanagan is now the kind of go-to horror guy. He's also done great with Doctor Sleep. We've had Midnight Mass this year. Um, another one of his, uh, Hush. Uh, the, yes, I watched that recently. Yeah, it's fantastic. Again, it's a kind of smaller scale than some of the stuff he's maybe doing now, but it just shows what he can do when he's got the, the kind of right material and how he can how he can kind of advance it. I just want to hug him. Yeah. Aye. He's like, done so much for it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Aye. I mean, even you've got like, um, I know Bly Manor wasn't as universally kind of loved as The Haunt the Hill House. I loved it personally. I thought it was just a great yeah, story. Wasn't my favourite. No. Like, I just loved Hill House. That just mm-hmm. scared me to death. Yeah. <laughs> it was more, um, I think Hill House was, yeah, it was a proper old school scary ghost story with these kind of menacing figures all the way throughout it. And then when you go back for a rewatch, you see them, you kind of like uh, planted characters that you maybe wouldn't see on a first time watch. And then Hill House went more about the gothic route, I think. More a kind of really old fashioned style, maybe like an 1800 style book. I think it's the the turning of the screw is what it's based on. Um, And it was a bit more kind of, classic style in that and I think I, I think people maybe didn't like it was a lot of romantic uh, again a lot of kind of a romance story on top of the the kind of undertones of the, the actual yeah. scares I think that's why I enjoyed it so much because it was mm-hmm. just I don't know he's just so amazing and mm. the way that he can adapt a piece of fiction into this thing that we you know watch on a on the tv screen and it's just like how does your brain work that way yeah how do you do that that's so Mm -hmm. he's yeah like you said he's just a really incredible storyteller and it Mm -hmm. blows my mind he's got a it's just gonna he goes from strength to strength every single time and yeah yeah, it's just inspiring in a way Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah definitely he's gone um his next one i think is either and i get it mixed up it's either edgar Allan poe or um Lovecraft, I'm sure his next project is developing one of their stories, oh, and you can imagine that he'll like Poe. Yeah, I think that certainly seems to fit his kind of mo a wee bit more than Lovecraft with Lovecraft more yeah. kind of cosmic style. So it probably is Poe, um, and you know he'll he'll at least make it interesting if it's not for everyone. Like yeah. you're always <laughs> going to get something that's. That's at least, uh, yeah, original and just a fantastic bit of TV or cinema. Fucking visually appealing altogether. Yeah, pretty much. Like, everything's just, like, TV. <laughs> I just, I'd love to, I'd like, I, I'm writing my own <clears throat> script, but I know that <laughs> I wouldn't be able to put it on the screen, you know, the way that, you know, a lot of filmmakers can. It's just, it yeah. blows my mind. He blows yeah. my mind. Because, ah, um... He apparently had carried this copy of Gerald's game around since he was right. like, because he's wanted to turn it into a movie since he was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And so like, like you said, it's no small feat, you know, it's no. just, 
Jessie's monologue the entire the entire book. Um, yeah. Because my grandma's read the book and she's like, oh, that's strange that they turned that into a movie. And she's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and well, I haven't read the book because uh, mm-hmm. that's more, you know, in Stephen King's um, really descriptive writing period where yeah. it kind of overpowers being able to process what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had a bit of difficulty with that writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like he's got, um, is it Dolores Claiborne as well, where it's it's more about the yeah. kind of slow burn. I mean, Stephen King can be quite a slow burn writer anyway. Um, one of my favourite books of his is, and I've read it four or five times, is It. it sorry. How um, many times do you, that's like a 900 page book. Uh, I think the one I've got is about 1200 pages. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just love it. Fair enough. I just, I've always loved it. I have but, the audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wee bit easier. Yeah, because otherwise, I'm, I'm, and I, and I think uh, it's been. I've been talking about it since I started my podcast. I've been reading mm-hmm. Doctor Sleep. Um, okay, Aye. I read like a chapter a month. If you remember, it's still sitting on my. De- I should just read it because, yeah. and I love, I love the film. So mm-hmm. I will. Yeah. Doctor Sleep's freaking. Oh, I just love that film. It's so, it's yeah. so amazing. And actually yeah, the book. Doctor Sleep too. Oh, <laughs> with excellent. Some friends. Aye. The um the book's good as well, yeah, it is it, and it's I think what again what Flanagan done brilliantly with that is Stephen King famously kinda hates the shining. Yeah. Um and he's managed to adapt it from Stephen King's kind of text and link it to a way that they both um the, the both like the King household and the Kubrick household both kinda really accepted it and thought yeah. it was a great way for it to kinda link up. Yeah, because he kind of like merged the two in the end, which was meant to be the actual ending of The Shining. Aye. And I think Stephen King has said that he preferred Mike Flanagan's ending to his. Aye, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah well, okay, I get it. Definitely, aye. <laughs> uh, so we'll dive into the film. A little bit about mm-hmm. Gerald's Game. Uh, the film is a 2017 American psychological horror thriller film directed and edited by Mike Flanagan and a screenplay written by Flanagan and Jeff Howard. It is based on Stephen King's 1992 novel of the same title, long thought to be unfilmable. The film stars Carla, Carla Gugino and Bruce Greenwood as a married couple who arrive at a li- an isolated house for a holiday. When the husband dies of a sudden heart attack, his wife left handcuffed to the bed without the key and without little hope of with little hope of rescue, must find a way out to survive all whilst battling her inner demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, little heads up content warning this does discuss sexual abuse of a minor sexual assault um so if you are not that keen on those themes which is totally understandable join us for the next episode because um yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about this in every episode <laughs> no no hey cause there are, yeah there is some kind of difficult part, parts in it oh yeah um mm-hmm. let's started i love this movie just gonna mm. preface with that yeah yeah me too yeah i mean <laughs> i was I, just I've... watching it before we recorded and i was like what have i got to remember <laughs> yeah um well i've got my my notes in front of me and as i said yeah I watched it twice this week once just as a casual kind of rewatch, just to re- kind of reacquaint myself with it and then sit note taking and you just notice like oh just yeah it's just such a, a an interesting film not much, as you're saying, there is a lot of difficult content, but not a lot of um, 
scares as such yeah. as you kind of get from King stuff and from Flanagan's movies. Um, that's more of a yeah, the slow burn about essentially Jesse Carla uh, Gugino's character a descent into madness and kind of almost accepting what she sees as her fate is that she's going to die in this bed. Um, yeah. And then her fighting against that as it's as it's going on. It's great because I read so many articles before this and I'll, because it's not until the end, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll make that comment if I remember at the end <laughs> that yeah. I found really fascinating that this article that I read, because uh, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't uh, put it on my notes. I have a habit of doing that, so... Aye. Welcome to me being completely disorganised. <laughs> oh, I'm the same. I mean, this is the most notes I've ever taken for anything, and that's including oh, really? my own podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's get started. So the film opens with married couple Jesse and Gerald packing their bags for a weekend away. Gerald, uh, sorry, Jesse is organising a beautiful uh, nightgown, sleepwear, night. Mm. it's called a nighty in Australia. I don't know yeah. what anyone else calls it. I think, call, I think uh, Gerald calls it a slip. A night uh, slip? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Oh, just a good old nighty here. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> then it takes a bit of a dark turn because in Gerald's bag, he is placing two sets of like police-looking handcuffs in his mm. overnight bag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, it, I'll start again, sorry. It's um, it gives you that tone. Obviously, if you know the story of Gerald's game, you know roughly what's going to be coming. But if you're just coming into it as a, as a kind of a layman, um, you're seeing what seems to be just a kind of general setup for a, a husband and wife going away on a holiday, and then there's just kind of as you say, like dark, sinister undertone, the like heavy duty, heavy duty <laughs> handcuffs. Like, it's going to be a bad time. That's going to be a bad time. You are like, (laughs) like, I love it and I love sexual freedom, but it's also like, do you know how to use them? Because, like, they should have, like, maybe some leather on them or something because they're going to be painful, you know. Not that I know, but if they're police handcuffs, they're going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. It kind of gives an early indication into Gerald's mind as well, which you get a wee bit more of as it goes on sort of thing. because he's a bit grim, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're in the car. They're in a beautiful part of the country. I have, I'm not too sure where they are, but um, mm. it's it's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, on the radio is "Bring It On Home to Me" by Sam. I can't remember his last name. Hmm. Not sure. Did I write this down somewhere else? I did. <laughs> uh, it's Sam Cook. So, um, you know, Gerald's trying to set the scene, set a mood in the car because uh, Jesse actually turns it off. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's just enjoying the kind of the drive to yeah. the, the accommodation. Yeah, and they also come across a dog, mm-hmm. which they almost hit. And yeah. um, Gerald slams the brakes on and is like, oh, sorry. And then he also gets pissed off because Jesse's like, oh, he's all alone. Maybe he's got some owners. And Gerald's like, ah, oh, we're not here to adopt a dog. No, no. Again, that shows you the kind of different personalities between the two of them. She's obviously this kind, caring individual. Gerald's all about himself, which he's is... a lawyer, so... Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> not that um, being a lawyer's bad. <laughs> the, the, the kind of... <laughs> yeah, aye. Especially in the yeah, the um, what's good about it is there's quite a lot of foreshadowing at the start of the movie, 
So when they're in the car and they're driving, you hear about, uh, I think you hear about a couple of assaults on a news program. Um, they're talking about a burglary at a county cemetery. So the woman yeah, says uh, police are investigating a break-in, a burglary at a county cemetery, mm-hmm. and it's kind of breaking away because then you hear, and reportedly disturbing several, partially exhuming at least one casket. So yeah. uh, I think there's been some grave robbery going on. Mm, sounds like, yeah, um, that and obviously the dog as well. Yes. <laughs> picking it on the nose foreshadowing, but it's there. The big, beautiful German Shepherd. And mm. who else? What else do we know German Shepherds from in King's work? Uh, taking a blank. Cujo? Is Cujo, is Cujo a, I thought Cujo was a St. Bernard. I thought he was a German Shepherd. I'd need to look that up. I'd need to oh, go check probably, that. Yeah, you're probably right. It's been a while. Kuju is one of my it's least favourite of the Kings. Yeah, um, me too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't remember now. Oh, it's just like the thought of an animal going it. crazy. Like the only time I mm. like an animal going crazy is in Pet Cemetery when the cat's really weird and then the dog is really weird. <laughs> yeah, Aye, yeah, that's a uh, that's oh, that's a that's a tough watch as well. A tough read. Yeah. Tough read, especially. Yeah the remake when the cat comes back all looking heat haggard i'm like that's <laughs> me waking up every morning that cat is a mood because <laughs> it's hair's like mm. yes. I, just, I really liked that cat in that Aye. scene <laughs> it was probably the best thing about that i really disliked that remake but anyway. <laughs> and pet cemetery the original is one of my favorite stephen king like adaptations and then yeah. the remake i was like what the hell is this yeah really i definitely I know it was bad, oh. especially giving away what they changed in the trailer, which I think is just mental. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it was kind of cool. Who was the main actor in that? Um, Jason Clark. Is it Jason okay. Clark? No, I'm not too sure because uh, I really enjoyed whoever the da- whoever played the dad. Yeah, aye. He was yeah, really great. Uh, it's Jason. It's Jason Clark. He's um, he's. Uh, I really like him in a lot of things he's in, but he seems to be the kind of guy in Hollywood that gets his movies spoiled by the trailer or by posters. Oh, so it happens in <laughs> it happened oh, in Pet God. Cemetery, I know. <laughs> uh, it happened in Pet <laughs> Cemetery. It happened in Terminator Genesis oh. <laughs> as well. It gave away the twist in that in the trailer, just flat out. And he's At just least he's uh, not Sean Bean. You know, because like we all know what happens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's a new TV show at the minute, Sean Bean. I've I not know. seen it, but I'm my assuming he dies. Me and I was like, "Did he die?" <laughs> and my dad's like, "Not yet." And I was like, "Wow." <laughs> I know. He's in overtime. <laughs> I know. Watertight contract. Do not kill me. Actually, I have to tell you something really funny. Um, people, mm-hmm. people listening will find it really funny. Uh, I, we saw my dad for the first time since start of June, just last weekend. And we were talking, my dad's a huge TV and movie buff and everything. And we we're talking about just like some really impactful movies and TV shows we'd seen. And my dad says, oh, you know, I can't watch, you know, that Game of Thrones. I can't watch The Red Wedding. You know, I get mm. choked up every time. It's so sad. I was like, Dad. You didn't cry at my university graduation, <laughs> but you cried during the red wedding. And my sister looks me dead in the eye and she's like, Yeah, but he was invested in that. <laughs> I was like, Fuck, you got me good. <laughs> I just sat with my mouth open, like, I'm sorry, what? Just absolutely I like, slapped. <laughs> I was like, My sister gave me an absolute KO. No. It was awesome. You can't like, come oh. back from that. 
I caught it. I just got up and got in the car and drove home. I guess I don't <laughs> remember enough. between then and when I got home. I kind of just <laughs> disassociated after that. No. <laughs> um, so Jesse and Gerald arrive at their beautiful isolated lake house. It's actually in Alabama, in okay. a town called Fairhope. Um, and they've obviously, you know, Gerald's talking about how um, he had arranged everybody to come over, like their their gardeners. Um, they got the house all sorted out for them. The cleaners have been, um, because she finds all this food in the fridge and she takes out a big slice of Kobe beef to feed <laughs> the stray dog. <laughs> I was like, That's what I'd do. I'd be like, oh, this looks good, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and again, and that's again, Gerald starts showing him, he, he, he softens a little bit on it because he talks about, uh, Jesse's kind of kind heart, but yeah. he's like, that's £200 a portion. $200 a portion, sorry. And yeah, because it's like imported. You're feeding it. Yeah, it's allegedly from Kobe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was like, you schmuck. Your <laughs> wife doesn't care about that. Yeah. A £10 rump steak would have been fine. Yeah, a blue eye, a ribeye. Like, <laughs> I like yeah. ribeye. It's like mm. 20 bucks. Yeah, Sweet. there you go. Whack it on the barbecue, we'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Kobe beef, that... What's that? That that don't impress me much. <laughs> the Shania Twain. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be me. Aye. Um, so while she's out feeding the dog, um, Gerald is popping a Viagra, mm. which like we know what Viagra does to to everything, but yeah. a male who is Gerald's age, it's not mm. so kind on internal organs. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jessie gets changed into her gorgeous nightgown. That colour on her is just, she's stunning. Um, this, uh, what's her name? Carla Gugino. Thank you. Ca- Carla, isn't it? Yeah. Carla, I couldn't, yeah. couldn't remember her, I could remember her last name, but not her first name. Yeah. Because um, she's fantastic. She's been, she's worked mm. with Flanagan before in, um, in Hill House. And I think she was in, um, She's in Bly Manor as well. She's the one telling the story. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, and yeah. then I think she's in Oculus. Right. That's one of his I've never actually seen. I've never seen oh, Oculus. Oh, my God. It's one of my favourite Mike Flanagan films. Oh, really? I'll need to check, I'll need to check it out. Yeah. It's so good. Um, it's definitely one of his. You can tell it's his earlier work, but you just can, like, every movie you watch of his, you can see how much he loves, mm-hmm. loves right. his craft. He's he's brilliant. Um. So I love that she rips the tag off, she places it on the shelf above her, and she kind of practices, like, being sexy. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Like, she's obviously there to also rediscover herself, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, it's um, the um, the, the foreshadowing kind of gets brought back into it. She's got the the slip tag, the, the, the paper tag from that. The glass of water gets put up the top. Yeah, and um, just Yes, because Gerald decides he's going to have a second Viagra. Yeah, that that was a bad idea. <laughs> you need at least, I'm assuming, you need to at least let it take effect. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not just a sin, like, like oh, pop and then bang. It's been five minutes, doesn't work. <laughs> I learned in my early 20s how bad of an idea that is. <laughs> Fair enough. With pill-shaped drugs. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he actually convinces Jesse that, you know, it's just going to be a little game. Let me, you know, handcuff you to the bed. 
mm-hmm. um, on the bedposts. And fun fact, but because you have not seen Oculus, you do not know that the headboard of the bed in this film is actually the lower half of the lasso glass from Oculus. Oh, okay. And he's go. put it in a few films. Mm-hmm. You will see this lasso glass. So I think it's in this and um, obviously Oculus. And I mm-hmm. I, I've talked about it with somebody and we were like, oh my gosh, it really is. Right. So many things. Right. Um, check that out. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just one yeah. that's passed me by, but yeah, we'll definitely it's give really it a, good. Give it's it a good watch. Mm-hmm. Um, he says to her, uh, those can break if you go too hard. Yeah, talking about the, the I think she, I thought he was referring because she mentions that she thought it was going to be like, um, just like silk ties or something or fluffy handcuffs. And he comes out with these full on heavy duty, as you're saying, police efforts. They even sound heavy. Mm. Yeah, the way he's holding them. Yeah. I was like, no thanks. Um, (laughs) Also, they're on the shelf where the glass of water is, there is also a book, mm. um, which is Midnight Mass. Yeah, yeah. A little Easter egg uh, there. <laughs> yeah, so I think he's done that twice as well. It might be in Hush, Hush. possibly. Yes. Yeah. And he, I think when he's been speaking about Midnight Mass this year, it's just a passion project for him, isn't it? Yeah. He's been wanting to make it for a long, long time. And it's, I can't wait. I'm writing an article about it at the moment, about mm-hmm. um, like loss of faith and stuff. Okay. Because I find Riley as like a person who not only lost religious faith, but faith in himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so he kind of discovers his own belief in himself throughout the film. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, through the series. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was oh, excellent oh, as well. But I... <laughs> that, show, that show, just that cast all the time in every every show. Mm-hmm. Well, they do. He does. He does. Yeah, he gets Raul Coley <laughs> and he gets <laughs> yeah, Kate Siegel and Seigel Siegel. Don't know how to say her surname, but yeah, Siegel? he's got Siegel. Yeah, the um, yeah, he has a lot of them, doesn't he? And then Henry Thomas as yeah. well. He's in this, and yeah, right. yeah, and the guy that played the priest. Um, everyone's going nuts over him lately. Yeah, yeah, no wonder. <laughs> oh, he, was on, he was he was great. He was fantastic. Oh, mm. everyone was so good. Um, Gerald gets a little bit too involved uh, in his fantasy and he begins to enact a stranger rape fantasy basically telling Jesse I need you to scream for help because Mm -hmm. he is kind of getting off on the fact that there is nobody around and that nobody can hear her Um, she kind of plays along and becomes uncomfortable telling him to stop and uncuff her yeah. And she's she says, uncuff me and we can talk. And he says, what if I won't? Um, which is really horrible because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of people don't understand that these kinds of things do happen in relationships as well. Not just yeah. in, um, you know, one night stands or your friend. Um, these mm-hmm. things do happen in marriages, you know, 10 year long marriages yeah. as seen no. in, in this in this film. Um. And basically, he gaslights her and is like... Yeah, it doesn't half. <laughs> well, you don't love us and you don't care about this relationship. And I was Aye. like, oh, shut up. Yeah, I'm trying and you're just not... Why, why, like, I'm putting my best self out there. If, I, if that is what he's doing, then I would be really fucking worried. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just turning it on her. And just that kind of 
toxicity about him that kind of rears its head a few times. Yeah, it's really horrible because I was like, you leave, you leave her alone. Mm-hmm. She's a beautiful woman. Uh, but I love that um, in a mild panic attack that she has, she bites him yeah. <laughs> like really freaking hard. And yeah. I was like, yeah, get him away from you. Yuck. You hear the teeth clacking. They kinda... Oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> ow. I mean, if you've ever had a child bite you. <laughs> yeah, I <have>, yeah. <laughs> They get like lockjaw. Kids get lockjaw. I swear. Yeah, it's like a small ferret. <laughs> oh my gosh! I won't tell my nieces you said that about them. I won't tell. This, if, I, I won't tell, tell my kids. one daughter. No. <laughs> uh, um, unfortunately, Gerald uh, has a heart, and he's quite—he's not even dramatic about it, which I—I I, I like because he's kind of mm. like wait a second, like, um, and he, like, because he, while he's sitting on top of Kate, he's also moving his arm around. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's going to die on her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of just like a nice, it's just kind of subtle bit of acting from uh, Bruce Greenwood where he is and he's, like, stretching his arm out and he's feeling mm. his muscle and he's then it's, it kind of kicks off. And then he's like, oh. And she's oh, just like, no, you're kidding me. <laughs> oh, don't be doing this. I'd aye. be so pissed off if I was her. Mm, all right. Well, I mean, <laughs> while, while she thought he was kidding, and then well, obviously uh, she panics when she realises it's real. Mm. Um, unfortunately, he also falls on top of her when he dies. Yeah. yeah. Oof, and uh, I mean, for a guy for a guy who would have been in his 60s, uh, Bruce Greenwood is built like a brick shithouse. Yeah. He's absolutely <laughs> ripped. So he's not going to be a light yeah. guy to push you off. Oh, man, that'd be so hard. Because uh, she does eventually, I think she just like uses her hips and her legs and like yeah. flops him off the end of the bed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but Jesse is trapped in handcuffs with no key and no way to, <laughs> to get dun, out of there. Dun, dun, dun. Just sitting in her own. She does call for help, and then she realizes, yeah. oh, no, no There's one's no going to hear me. Yeah. Uh, she sits in bed for a few hours, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing like a bit of self reflection. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose you just. Reflection. I mean, what could you do? You, you could, if you, unless you've got a really active imagination, then you would be. I mean, it'd be awfully boring as well. It must be really. <laughs> See, this movie went whatever way. It'd be an awfully boring way to die. <laughs> just kind of sitting there. Just. <laughs> and would you want? Yeah. Would you want someone to find you? You're sitting. You've been handcuffed to the bed with your dead husband at the bottom of it, and then I'll just go this way. Maybe that'll be fine. <laughs> Is your husband also naked at the end of the bed? <laughs> yeah, what happened? Then you're yeah. like, uh, what happened in here? <laughs> It's just role play, and he's really, really getting into it. <laughs> he just really had a good time. Um, <laughs> I love that um, the dog eventually just wanders on in and is mm. like, oh, hey, what's up? And then bites a huge chunk out of Gerald's arm and sits down and eats it. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's disgusting. That was like the dog's... Oh yeah, definitely. It was like the best day of the dog's life. He's like, I have just eaten a thousand dollars worth of a thousand dollars worth of Kobe beef, and now I'm taking a chunk out of the guy that tried to run me over. Fuck this guy! <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I ate all your steak and now I'm eating your arms. Suck it. Oh, gosh. The only way it would have been worse if he'd went for the balls first. And just went. <laughs> oh, that'd be a real fuck you, wouldn't it? <laughs> Pretty much, eh? I just, I really like the dog. But, yeah. Um, he's great. Huh? He's just being a dog. But I like how Jesse's like, help me, help me get out of here. <laughs> You're a rescue dog, I think she says. <laughs> Clearly <Yeah>. not. <laughs> You're a rescue dog. That'd be me. I'd be so desperate. I'd be yeah. desperate after like 10 minutes alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you would be. After nuts. No. And the silence as well. One of the things about this movie is there's obviously from our perspective, there's barely any music in it. Yeah. And there's it's it's just all about the the script and the kind of the the predicament that she's in. Um and that adds to the unsettlingness of it. And yeah. as you're saying, yeah, the silence would be something that you'd probably even struggle to deal with if you're stuck there yourself. I just can't even be I can't sit still for ten minutes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'd need to. I, I don't know what. I'd I'd go crazy. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. But she does eventually scare the dog off by throwing a book at him, which mm-hmm. is the book Midnight Mass. She throws yep. at him. Yeah. And he skedaddles. And this is where things take an interesting turn because mm-hmm. Gerald stands up and begins talking to Jesse. And he's reacting to the missing skin and muscle on his arm. Um, and basically, he's just giving her shit. Um, <laughs> but Jesse's also noticed that his dead body is still on the ground. So she's kind of yeah. like, wait a sec. Okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Gerald's even saying things like, I'm pretty sure you just lost your mind. Yeah. Aye, like, that's yeah, a great delivery like, from him as well. Yeah, because he's so... I just want to punch him. Aye. And that's how you know someone's well-written. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and, and well-performed. And he's having this monologue, which is obviously still a, kind of a, a projection of him, but with it being, it's the best way to describe it, like he, has a, he chats about have like a work party that he was at and tells a horrible joke. And it's still the gaslighting going on, which is just through her. Really? Yeah, because he asks, why didn't you find it funny? And she's yeah. like, what? <laughs> Aye, because it's a pretty brutal joke that he tells, like, and it's quite horrible. Um, but yeah. uh, And she only hears the end of it. And, yeah. and it's like, I didn't even, I would not even want to hear the start of that joke. No. it's something no. about uh, a woman being attached to... Uh... Being a... a I'll, maybe, I'll not use the exact phrasing. It's uh, a woman being a life support system for... The sea bomb. The sea bomb. Uh, it's used <laughs> twice. It's used second. The second time he he uses it is actually the the, the aggressive version when he, yeah. he has a proper go at her. Yeah, I don't see the c word here is um, not my choice of like I wouldn't use it, but a lot of people use it incredibly casually here. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's the same with any you know any form of English. It's always the inf- like the tone and yeah the uh, attitude behind it as to whether it's a negative or positive connotation. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I use it quite a lot. But, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's just but not a just, word that I think to say. It's just casual. Though. Oh, like, yeah. I'll, I've dropped some C-bombs in front of my partner who is just like... <laughs> and my niece has also tried it on me before. Oh, really? And I was like, excuse me, madam. 
<laughs> you were, I think she was five at the time. Because my nieces oh, do swear. Because my mm-hmm. sister's like, uh, so? Like, I've got other things to worry about <laughs> than my kids saying shit and piss. <laughs> and fuck. Yeah. Like, Aye. I don't care. Don't use it at school. That's all that matters. Because your teachers, I don't want to hear it from your teachers. <laughs> uh, of course, you don't want that in the report card. I mean, she's straight A's. But one time, oh. she did call me a cunt. <laughs> I gave her a B. Yeah, I gave her a B for that. Uh, We were raised by my dad, who was in the military. And so, like, my dad has the foul mouth. And he's like, who am I to stop you if I can't stop myself? Just use it um, appropriately. So whenever we swear, it's always in context. So it's it's kind of funny that a five and a seven-year-old understands context of swearing. Yeah. I think it's that ingrained now, isn't it? Like, um, I remember using that word the first time I used it. I think I was 11 or 12. And I thought I'd done something good that I was trying to predict. Something happened and I get in a fight because somebody had done something to my wee sister. And then I went back and told my mum and dad about it. And I went up and says, I done this. I done. This. I stopped this guy. And then I went up to him and I said, see you, you cunt. <laughs> and then I got grounded and I was gutted. I done the good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's just one word where my sister's like, "You're seven, no." No, no, that's fair enough. <laughs> Not at seven. Nice try though. Nice <laughs> giving it a go. You appreciate the effort. Yeah, I think one of the ones that my youngest niece has been saying lately is, "God damn it." All right. Okay. My family's not even like my family's atheist, and so uh-huh. we're like, "Where did you learn that?" <laughs> Like, we don't even say the word God in the house. (laughs) It must be a school thing. It might be, yeah. Someone at school has said it and she's like, I'm going to test it out at home. And we're like, oh, don't talk about religion in the house. (laughs) Wash your dirty mouth out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So during this um, taunting that Gerald is... Uh, performing towards Jesse. He's also talking about their strained marriage, um, his mm. erectile dysfunction. And then he also lets her know that she's wasted hours already doing nothing and that she's going to start suffering from dehydration and fatigue. Because she's also he's also saying, you know, like how many days can someone go without water and mm. um, like how much sleep do you think you should, you should get? And um, it's really interesting um, that it's kind of... The the um when you think about it at the end you're just like oh at all we'll talk about it when it gets closer to the end. yeah <laughs> so um to basically fight the hallucination that is her horrible dropkick dead husband Gerald um basically an altar of Jesse appears and mm-hmm. she's her like strong um support system that's gonna fight against Gerald and and get her out of there alive yeah which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it's like a coping mechanism, isn't it? Um, yeah. The almost what you see in a lot of kind of movies and maybe more uh, cartoons: the angel and the devil on your shoulder. You've got yeah. Gerald, who is the kind of you are, you are fucked. You are going to die here, and you've got Jesse, who is sitting saying, "No, what you need to do is this, and I'll guide you through it, and just follow me, and you'll be okay," sort of thing. Yeah, and I really, I really like that she's the um, the the fight in the flight or fight mode that Jesse is, mm-hmm. you know, battling against in all of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's so fascinating how they've turned, yeah, a monologue, a complete monologue into a film that so many people were like, no, nah, it can't be done. 
No, yeah, exactly. They've, I think um, with the, with if it had been miscast, I think this could have been a flop. Um, I think the fact that he's got two two great performers who seem to be at the top of their game, as I said, he's went back to Carlo Gugino. I don't think he's worked with Bruce Greenwood again, but you never know what he's got coming up. But um, they've got great chemistry in the... What's the best way to describe it? The, ke- the chemistry is good between them in that you get the, the kind of meekness of her and his toxicity, his overpowering... And yeah. they just bounce off each other really well with with, with the script. Even though they're fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It yeah. still works so well. It's mm-hmm. it's really, yeah, I really appreciate the filmmaking behind it. Um, they also, during the alter Jesse and Gerald's argument, they remind her that there is a glass of water above her bed, uh, which she can't reach because of handcuffs. Handcuffs. <laughs> But Alter Jesse reminds her of the tag that is on the shelf. Yeah. I can't remember what she says, but she says something about it being it was brand new, like your sip your slip was brand new. Yeah, I think that's what she says, yeah, just because she pulled the, the pulled the tag off while she was trying to kind of set herself up. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So um she actually I think she um tilts the the shelf and the water like goes down into her, into her hand. hand. Yeah. And she makes a straw out of the tag. And I was just yeah. like, genius. Absolute genius. Okay. <laughs> um, Jessie wakes up in the middle of the night, obviously passed out from not having any water. Her hands are bruised from no circulation and she's starting to get cramping in her legs. As she starts to adjust to the darkness in the room, she sees a figure in the corner of the room, mm. which... um. They don't reveal his whole face at this point, do they? No, no. So you, you see, you can see that he's kind of got an abnormal shape about him. He's really tall. Um, yeah. There's a lot of kind of raggedy looking clothes that he's got. So yeah, this is the the kind of first time we see. I think he's ref is the Moonlight Man. Yeah, is what he's called. So yeah, yeah. You can you can tell there's something there. He shows her a box of jewelry or trinkets or something and yeah, yeah and she starts yeah you know, yeah it's quite unsettling and just the yeah. the size of him is quite so it's um yeah he's like at least what seven foot more uh, it certainly looks it's, it's um carl striking is his name yes. yeah, so he's been so in... i've got it at the bottom yeah. um yes yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So he's the like he's been in Twin Peaks and uh, Lutch in the Adams family. Yes. So, yeah, he he's... has a condition called um alchromyalgia. Right, okay. Med- medjally. I thought I had it right the first time. <laughs> I was so impressed with myself. But it just causes enlargement of hands, feet, um, and also his forehead and his chin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is why he is so incredibly freaking tall. Yeah, aye. Yeah, yeah. and he's, he, you do see him. There's quite a, a few things he's popped up in. What was the... i seen him in something. He was, he he was, was in the in... return. Um, I thought I wrote it down here. Okay, no, I didn't. My apologies. No problem. But he's I thought I had as well. A few things, yeah. Good on yeah, him, but... though. If it's like, hey, you need a really tall person in your movie, yeah. I'm here. Aye, pretty much. He I'm was. Really he's also got one of the iconic 
Twin Twin Peaks lines when uh, are you a Twin Peak? Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there's a, a scene I think it's in the opening of season two, and Kyle MacLachlan's character is waking up. He's been shot, um, and he's standing over him. Carol Sykin's standing over him, and the the line is just the owls are not what they seem. And it is happening again. No, no, I'm getting myself mixed up. It's happening again. He also says to him, but yeah, he's got a couple of the kind of iconic Twin Peaks lines. And I know the lines, himself. but I did not know <laughs> yeah. that's the context of them. Yeah, <laughs> very strange to watch it. And everyone's like, "Cat, it's so your like cup of tea. Like you'd love it." And I was like, "Why? What is why?" Because I just am shit at watching TV shows. There's so much, isn't there? Like especially yeah. now. And then when you're looking back at. Um, when the way TV shows used to be before binge watching, it was like twenty four episodes, yeah. and it was quite a slog. Like we tried to watch things like The Wire, or even The Wire's not as much as mm. that, I don't think. But um, I've always wanted to go back and watch all the X Files because it was kind of just a wee bit. It was on while I was still quite young. Yeah, so same for me. Yeah, I kind of missed been... it. What? When did it come out? Early nineties or something? I think early to mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah, we, I was. Born in eighty nine, so I would have been. Uh, what do you, what do you call it over there? A wee lass. Wee lassie. <laughs> I just love that. Sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have heard my great grandmother speak. Yeah, would uh, they would have probably been. Aye, um, that was what it was. I've just remembered that I seen him in. He he's in Doctor Sleep, Carol Striking. Yes, that's yes, what yes, it was. Yes. He's the yes. grandpa, grandpa flick. That's right, yeah. Oh, that scene was so sad, wasn't it? Mm. Even yeah. though I hate them, I'm like, yeah. it's still sad. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I suppose uh, he's... But yeah. Fuck him so as well. Good. Fuck him and Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Gerald. <laughs> but Jessie thinks she's hallucinating him as well. So I was like, okay, mm. that kind of keeps her feeling better about the fact that this dude is standing in her bedroom. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. And she's saying, uh, you're not real, you're not real. But Gerald appears beside her to let her know that the figure is death waiting to take her. Hmm. Um, And Gerald starts calling her Mouse. Yeah. Which triggers a memory of her father, Tom, who Mm -hmm. referred to her as Mouse. Yeah. So, um, sorry? You actually see as well, when he comes back up, I think he, he says he could be hiding under the bed. His hand comes up from the bed, and it's it's a uh, oh, yeah. it's Gerald, but he's also got his shirt on now. Yeah, he's, he's got like a shirt dressed. on. Yeah, I think that's the shirt that um, you see her dad in next. So it's like a like a transformation almost, kind of into into her dad. Yeah, yes, which is exactly what I will talk about when. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, 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 because yes. <laughs> uh, uh, her altar does talk about that as well. Um, so it flashed back to a day of an eclipse. I think it was 1985. Because mm-hmm. they actually do talk about the year uh, in the yeah. book, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but the book, it was like 1964 or something. But then I found like this really incredibly interesting tidbit where it's like, no, if this was this year, the eclipse would have actually been in this part of the country at this time. And I was like, <laughs> who looks up this stuff? <laughs> It's, it's been a bit, a bit pernickety, that, isn't it? Like... Dedicated. <laughs> um, so, Jessie had actually gotten her first period and she decided that she didn't want to go out on the family boat 
um, to watch the eclipse because the kids would be swimming and she's like, mm, yeah. don't want to do that. I think she's 12 at the time. Yeah. Um, her dad, Tom, goes and speaks to her mum about it and her mum is just a really odd character. The way mm. that she um, is almost jealous of Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a... The, the mum doesn't have the same relationship with the dad that Jesse does. And she's quite cold to Jesse, seeming. Yeah. Um, and again, it's it's Kate Siegel, and she's excellent in a small role in this. But yeah, yeah, there's just a, a kind of um, a, yeah, jealous jealousy that she just yeah, it's it, really sad. It's kind of estrangement that they've got. Yeah, because she 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 mentions about oh she's daddy's little girl, and it's yeah. like oh when you know what's coming, you're like Ugh. aye. Yeah. Um, so they're sitting out on, um, I think they're at their their own lake house. Yeah. And um, they're sitting together on the, like on a bench near the dock. And on the radio is actually playing Sam Cooke's Bring It on Home to Me, mm-hmm. which I thought was really super creepy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> One of the other things as well is harking back to the start of the movie when Gerald's first kind of um, tied her down. Uh, you see Jesse's reaction because he starts calling himself daddy. Yes. As well, which I forgot to say. panics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you start which is at like, that point. Also awkward, like you're mm. 60. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, if anything, story. it's granddaddy. I'm going to make a joke so that the okay. next part doesn't seem so horrible. Mm. Uh, or I like to make jokes in situations that are horrible. Um, so my dad called me a couple of months ago. Um, can't remember what had happened or he was going back to work or something like that. And he was like, Catherine, because he's the only person who calls me by my full name. Hey. Catherine, um, daddy's got good news. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. I was Don't like, say that. <laughs> stop. And he's like, what? And like, because my dad's the most innocent person on the face of the earth. Yeah. And so he was like, what? And I was like, can you not refer to yourself as daddy? <laughs> can you? Oh, what the fuck, dad? <laughs> he's like, okay. I'm going to do that again. Getting PTSD watching this film. <laughs> yeah, the time that my dad thought it was like an innocent thing. And I'm yeah. like, no, dad, you don't understand what people have done to that word. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I sit, sit him down and explain it, like the, the kind of reverse roles are from when you were younger. So this is what this means. <laughs> we're not gonna, I actually did. I was like, dad, do you know they sexualize that word now? Ugh. And he's like, really? I was like, yeah, but please don't ever yeah. say it to me again because I think I just don't don't think I can speak to you ever again <laughs> <coughs> just like I won't be able to do it um, so there and the eclipse is gorgeous can I just say I know it's yeah. obviously all post production stuff but it's just mm. phenomenal um, yeah. I've never seen a cli- an eclipse that I can remember have you seen one I think I've seen a, I think we've had a couple that are quite um it just, it, I mean, it wasn't striking red like that is in this, yeah. obviously. But, I mean, that'd be cool if it was, but maybe worrying yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen a couple. Um, I, whether they're full eclipses or not, I'm not 100 percent sure. But yeah, we've had, mm. a, we've had a few. I don't know if it's just the, the position of where we are if we see them when they're, yeah. they're happening. I've maybe seen a lunar bit better. eclipses, right? Which would you wouldn't see if it's a lunar eclipse here, right? Well, no. I don't think so. So is that when the is it night the lunar eclipse? Is it, is that right? Yeah. Right. Or no, I don't think. 
the sun passes over the moon, or the moon passes over the sun. I don't. It's, yeah, it's. I know sci- I've seen lunar eclipse, but not a solar eclipse. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we've had a couple, but yeah, it just kind of goes yeah. a kind of uh, evening time light is what you get. Sort of thing. Yeah, we had a pink moon or a okay. yeah, pink moon or a red. Oh, everyone went nuts about it, and I was mm. like, "It's cloudy outside. I don't care. I'm going back in. I'll look at <laughs> yeah. your photos on my Instagram feed." Aye, because then you can actually look at it. <laughs> Yeah, then I'll actually see it because yeah. um, people in Melbourne could see it, but because Sydney was overcast, we couldn't see it. Yeah, I was like, God damn it! Melbourne always get all the good things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on the dock, and I, I like her little radio because it reminds me of when I was a kid. Mm. But, um, so her dad asks her to sit on his lap, and he's like, "Oh no, you're too old for that." And she's like, yeah. "I'm not too old," because she she wants. You know, she's holding on to those last little bits of that relationship that you have with your dad. Um, mm. I used to hold my dad's hand in public until I was like twelve, and then he's yeah. like, "You're you're too old to hold my hand now." And yeah. I was like, "But you're my only parent. Like that's what I know. Like, <laughs> Aye. it's like comfort." Yeah, it was comfort, and then I realized that I was getting too old. Like, yeah, twelve might have been a little bit old, and people might have thought it was weird. Like we didn't. Yeah. But uh, my dad was more like, I don't want people accusing, you know, me, a single dad, of, like, touching my children. Aye, yeah. Aye. I was like, okay, dad, that makes sense. Fair enough. But yeah. also I look exactly like my dad, so it's right. like, you'd only think I'm his child, <laughs> yeah. not anything else. Not like... nothing untoward. <laughs> exactly. I'm the spit out of his mouth. Um, so she does sit on his lap, and while she's sitting there, they watch the occult... Solar eclipse together whilst he masturbates, and she yeah. knows what's going on because she looks so incredibly distressed at the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that she's crying. Yeah, she's um, she's he's just telling her to keep watching basically, um, yeah. and she's yeah, you can start see the distress in her face. And the young actress again, she sells it really well. Yeah, I don't know how it happens in the book or what if this is part of the no, book. Me neither. Um, I know King can be quite a bit more on the nose with things like sexual assault and paedophilia and you know, there's the, the infamous scene from the end of the It book yeah. with the kids and things like that. It maybe it maybe it is written this way, maybe I'm doing them a bit of disservice, but it definitely feels like this could have been one of the King parts where it's a bit more heavy handed on his his side. Yeah. But Flanagan gets it. You, you, thankfully, you don't see anything too overt, which is, I mean, that's it's a small mercies really because you obviously yeah. what's happening is horrible. But yeah, it's just it's a really unsettling scene. It's probably the probably the most unsettling scene of the movie. This or what happens next type of thing. Um, yeah. Despite everything else that happens and then later on. This is the the one where you get that un- discomfort. You get the the is the the fear for the daughter really as well. Yeah, I just got a like a just a like a rock in the pit of my stomach because I was yeah. just like, and I know that it is pivotal to the story what mm-hmm. her dad did to her and yeah. um you know his actions afterwards is you know it's incredible and the fact that like you said King has a tendency to be very heavy handed um with this kind of uh mm-hmm. you know conversation around these kinds of things and i'm glad that flanagan did um it in a way that still adds to the story but like you said isn't overt and like here you go 
Yeah, that's this is how yeah. disgusting her dad is. Um, we already knew. We knew. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and it's a, it's another example again of uh, toxic masculinity that she's had to experience. This of a, a a different different type, especially when it's a, a parent. Um, yeah, and how that's kind of been a theme. And obviously, you don't know much about uh, Jesse and Gerald's life beforehand. You don't know if Gerald's always been. She does mention that that's not the man I married type of thing, but you never know if he's always been that kind of gaslighting, uh, gaslighting force in her life. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Gaslighting force in her life, and if if that's been something that's carried on from her childhood to where she, when she met him. That's it's all kind of speculation, but it, it certainly wouldn't be a surprise if that is what it. Yeah, because I think they do been talk like. about the age difference between the two of them as well, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. they do discuss that um, in their you know um, dialogue together. Yeah, and uh, you know she hasn't always been that interested in this marriage, and no, um, which I don't think that's got anything to do with it. It's just like maybe she just got sick of your shit. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Heard that <laughs> joke and then went, oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yuck. Oh, if my partner, oh, my God. <laughs> no, oh, the thing is, like, um, uh, we, I came across a TikTok and it was, like, talking about, like, toxic relationships. And, you mm-hmm. know, um, if my boyfriend ever tried to tell me what to do, I <laughs> like, it's stuff like that. And I said yeah. to, to my partner, Ned, I was like, what would happen if, um, if you ever tried to tell me what to do? He's like, I'd be dead. <laughs> he's like i'd Pretty just much. die I, he's like i wouldn't even try and i was like okay good um i mean i don't want you to be scared of me but also thank you for respecting my own decisions <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, just so everybody knows i would not kill him i'd murder uh, him with words <laughs> <laughs> he'd just wish he was dead <laughs> bring him down a peg yeah oh, he's not that kind of person <laughs> <laughs> He's a he is a saint. It's like sometimes I'm just like, can you do something wrong? Just so I know you're not an alien. <laughs> I need to make sure. It's he the quiet ones you need to watch. That's what it is. It's the innocent. Oh, ones. he's not that quiet. He's no. a bit of an extrovert as well. <laughs> oh well, that's the that's fine then. That's where I'm like, you are an alien from outer space. Um, <laughs> there's gonna be an alien test somewhere that I can be like, like take his like DNA and like test it right. Yeah, I'm sure if they were talking about it being in the States, and uh, I'm sure Americans would have something like that. Probably get it it's off of like. Uh, or wish, wish.com. That'll probably have like an alien <laughs> testing kit, and it comes and it's just a COVID kit with alien written on it. Oh my God, when I get off this call, I'm I'm going to search on Wish. <laughs> just you wait. You're going to get links from me, and I'm going to be like, I found it. Uh, so, um, as Jessie is losing more and more feeling in her arm she's obviously panicking because she knows she's running out of time Hmm. and um gerald and jesse's vision they're kind of talking about how she never recovered from the assault of what her dad did now gerald's taking a really nasty tone with it but jesse is taking like more of a reflective tone and being like you know you never really recovered and then you married a man just like your father and um there was a really this is the interesting thing that i found on screen rant they were talking about how basically um jesse they were using the um the handcuffs as an analogy like she removed the handcuffs from her father and Mm -hmm. you know the way that he treated her and basically just attached them to gerald yeah 
and then at the end is her removing those handcuffs altogether. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a really interesting analogy that they um, that they kind of got from this whole uh, you know uh, inter you know adaptation of the film. Yeah, and um, and it is true, you know, like Gerald, just from the behavior we've seen of him, he is manipulative, and he he is a gaslighter, and he's just freaking yeah. so forceful. Yeah, and cocky and no. arrogant. A lawyer. <laughs> a lawyer. And then you see Jessie, who's just so... It's not like she's soft-spoken, because she, she that eventually would have been eroded away, that confidence that she had. You yeah. Know, and that started at a young age. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just... So I really enjoyed having Jessie there as her hope, and mm-hmm. then Gerald there as her doubt. Like yeah. her doubting herself, and but Jesse, you know, um, is like, ah, no. You you went on and you married a man just like your father. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, you've not been able, as you're saying, those shackles never been able to break them free fully. Um, it's yeah. just one one prison to another. Um, it's interesting, I think, the way that Jesse's mind portrays um, Gerald at this point as him not knowing. What's yeah. happened? Obviously, because she's obviously not told Gerald in in real life what's happened. I'm assuming anyway. Yeah. But then in her mind, it's almost like she's retelling herself what happened, as if it's been like a kind of memory that's locked away. And Gerald's like, "What do you mean? What did they do?" Yeah, even though this it's is her what projection. Is. Why yeah. haven't you told me about this? And that's uh-huh. her. Um, that'd be her second guessing what happened to her. Yeah. Like, did it really happen that way? Did I really see it that way? Oh, I won't mm-hmm. tell anyone because nobody would believe me. Yeah. He never, he never touched me, I think she says. Yes. She actually yells it at mm-hmm. uh, her altar. But yeah. um, she has another flashback to that night. And um, we see her father um, basically telling her that nothing had happened, don't tell anybody, especially your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's just like, it's, that's your daughter, man. What yeah. the fuck? I mean, he says to her, I think initially he starts by saying, you know, the relationship you've got with your mum, maybe we should tell her. Yeah. Maybe we should tell her, but, but you don't, you and your mum aren't getting on well just now. That might not be good for her to know. So then, as you're saying, again, he's putting it onto her. He's putting the pressure onto yeah. her, putting the the guilt and the doubt onto her. And she's like, no, no, we shouldn't tell her. We should definitely shouldn't tell her then. Which so makes it, it seem decision. like it's her decision. Yeah, exactly, yeah. her decision. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it, this is probably, as was just saying, it was either this scene, because of how he's manipulating his own daughter, to his own ends and what this scene or the the previous the sexual assault scene this is the sexual assault scenes um is graphic in its own way and it's very to the point this one's a bit maybe not subtle but it's certainly subtle in the way that he's trying to trying to manipulate her yeah and it's just perpetuating the abuse that he'd already done in the first place and yes He's just continuing that. And this mm-hmm. poor girl, like, oh, my heart. I was just like, that's <sighs> so sad. Yeah. I and I, I, get, I get why it's there. I, I get, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's fiction and it's just unfortunate that these things do happen to people. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, Gerald, when she comes back, is teasing Jesse about uh, the the man made of moonlight. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, he's real. And she's like, no, he's he's a hallucination. You're a hallucination. She's a hallucination. Um, and then he points out the bloody footprints on the floor. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice little touch. And she's mm-hmm. like, uh, wait a second. <laughs> uh, and she says, it, it could have been the dog. And he's like, look at the size of that. That's not the fucking dog. <laughs> she's like, like, about it. It's a dog. And it's like, ah, oh, those are human footprints. Yeah, the dog must have tried on Gerald's shoes and walked through the blood just to put the shit supper. <laughs> the dog in these, like, shoes just, like, <laughs> scooting along. <laughs> the dog's like, I've had your Kobe beef, I've eaten your arm, now I'm wearing your shoes. <laughs> Any beer in that fridge and I'm fucking drinking it and you're going to do nothing about it. <laughs> it's mine now, bitch. <laughs> Also, that dog is very cool. I like him. Mm. I wonder what is, his name is. I wonder. Oh, is in in the in the book? Yeah. Uh, I never know actually because yeah, it doesn't could, say anything. No, I haven't read the book, so just, I don't know. No. Well, I, um, I had actually so we spoke before. I've got a, a three-year-old, and we had a a mini morning at the cinema, and I took her to see Paw Patrol the movie. And I thought, well, I'll take my Kindle with me. And I downloaded downloaded Gerald's game and thought, right, that'll be fine. I'll get an hour and a half reading that. And two minutes in, the usher came up and said, turn that off, please. Were you uh, taking any people in the cinema? There was a couple, but I can't imagine the parents would have complained too much. <laughs> or the kids. Never know, maybe they would have. But yeah, I was told that I wasn't allowed to have it on. It was a really low light as well. So I had to watch Paw Patrol, the movie, instead oh, of reading Gerald's game. So sad. It was a long day. That's a fucking horror movie. <laughs> I've watched five minutes of Paw Patrol. That's enough for me. Yeah, it's, it's bad. But I but, don't get it. Yeah. No. <laughs> I do. I do get it. Yeah. Bright colours, loud noises, puppies. Exactly. <laughs> but Bye. I get it. <laughs> um, I can't remember because she does have a... Um, a flashback again here mm-hmm. and because there's a couple of different flashback scenes yeah. in the next like half an hour or something of the this is the last half an hour of the film and um jesse remembers back to the night of her assault and she's having dinner with her siblings and her mother and um her mother's asking her about her day and like mm-hmm. you know did you have a good time watching the eclipse and her dad is like staring at her and she's kind of just staring at her hand and we hear um, the sound of glass shattering and Jessie's yeah. actually crushed a glass in her hand from, you know, just trauma. Mm. Yeah. 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 Almost like a... Because does the mum ask, how was your time watching the eclipse with dad, doesn't it? Yeah, did you have a good time with dad? Yeah. Um, how was the eclipse? And Jessie just is like holding tighter and tighter on this glass no and then um because she remembers um that the blood or something like that because um Mm -hmm. she smashes the water glass above the bed and like cuts her hand open yeah yeah because this is the the flashback she gets and then it 
blood when it's first let is as slick as oil. And this yeah. is when she's talking to herself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the other flashback where she's like, um, that's right, before this bit, because uh-huh. um, her younger self said, you've had all the resources all along. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because um, during this scene, um, Jesse, young Jesse, also refers to a woman in all black right, during okay. the eclipse. And that's mm-hmm. meant to be Dolores Claiborne. Oh, right, okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. And I was like, ah, it all makes sense. Because <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like maybe older Jesse looking on younger Jesse. But it's, yeah, it was a really cool little tidbit that I saw. Right. And I, was, I don't know if it's in every version. Uh, but it was in my one. And I was like, right, okay. hey, why is she talking about this? Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like younger Jesse is basically saying, you've had everything you need all along. Like, you're fine. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Because she's kind of trying to tell younger Jesse, you're going to be fine. Right. <laughs> like, everything is okay. <laughs> yeah. Almost like a, a kind of talking through time each other sort of thing. With the, way yeah. the way they're discussing it. Hyping each other up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and she needs a lot of hype for this bit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, was that? I think the doors just went and the dog's barking. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Where are we up to? So, cut her hand. Uh, yes. Getting flashback with herself kind of thing. Yes. So, because of this little tidbit that her younger self gave herself, um... She basically, yeah, this is where she cuts her her wrist in a way that, and <laughs> this bit just grosses me out, um, basically peels the skin on her hand back. <laughs> she, I thought she was going to completely deglove herself when I saw it the first time, and I was like, yeah. oh, dear God, no. Yeah. It goes right up to the knuckle when you see yeah. it, and you're going, oh, dear. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and I say harsh. a lot doesn't bother me. Like mm. normally, breaking bones are my tipping point, but this actually, yeah, this it traumatized me. I was like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. It's the fact as well. The shot oh. doesn't let you look away. It yeah. focuses on it, and then you've got the noises of the the kind of cracking and crunching and <laughs> gloop yeah. and yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, like, she is certainly in a shit ton of pain. Like, this would be painful. Like, screw that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, So she gets... She does slip her hand out of the cuff, which Mm -hmm. I was kind of grateful when the skin, like, flapped back onto her hand. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, She drags... And the thing is that the key is only on like the bedside table, so yeah. close but so far away. Right. And uh, she drags the bed over and she grabs the key and unlocks her other hand. Um, there's a bit of a scene where she kind of does a fuck you to Gerald as well. Like, <laughs> ah, I did it, you sucker. Aye. Yeah. It's kind of overcame her the things that yeah. she's been going through through the whole movie. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's, a, she's a fighter, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, she chugs a glass of water, wraps up mm-hmm. her wrist, and she, as she's stumbling out of the house, she comes across the Moonlight Man, mm-hmm. who Jessie, because she's delirious at this point, like she's lost a bit of blood, like she's a bit, um, a lot of blood, she's in pain, so obviously yeah. she's kind of in and out of consciousness, and um, she puts her 
uh, wedding ring inside his little bag of bones and leaves. <laughs> yeah. I... But she says to him, you're not real. You're only made of moonlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just leaves. And leaves. She had a point actually as well, which is one of the possibly the only real kind of jump scare in it, um, where she passes out after her hand. Yeah. And she wakes up feeling something lick her feet and she looks down and she sees the moonlight man with the glowing oh, eyes. Right. Oh, I forgot that bit. Yeah. <laughs> She's licking her toes and then it, it turns out it's the dog. Just the but dog. yeah, yeah. But that's the kind of possibly the only really big jump scare you get in the movie. Um yeah. but it's horrible looking because he looks as like if he's really enjoying it. Yeah, he was having way too much of a good time. Oh, yeah. I blocked that bit out because I didn't. <laughs> I was watching the end today. Hmm. Maybe I just didn't see that I, bit. I think she passes out twice, possibly, before she leaves the house. Um, yeah. She passes out when she first gets her hand, I'm sure. Yeah. Then she gets, and then that's when she wakes up and sees the, the kind of, the moon, or thinks she sees the moonlight man like in her toes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like toe feet are so gross. Ugh. Oh yeah, Tarantino oh. on Tarantino on acid. <laughs> um, but I just love that she's so delirious, and she's just like, "Here's my wedding ring, bye." Yeah, I'm out. That's kind of like her letting go. Her yeah. like, "Fuck, fuck you, Gerald. I'm Aye. giving my wedding ring to this hallucination I'm having." As the the way I kind of read that a wee bit was, it's like her. Um, Paying off death, like she's seen yeah. that he's seen as I think Gerald said. Or does she now earlier on in the movie? I think Gerald says that he's the the kind of signifier of death. And so when she's getting out and she's seeing all these trinkets, she's given yeah she's passing the ring on to kind of get herself away from the the abuse and everything. But it's also like this is my fee for you not to claim me almost Paying type the of thing. Man. Yeah, yeah. But paint to avoid them instead of instead yeah, of cross. Yeah, take you across. Mm, that's why I kind of seen have that this ring, and I get to stay on this side of the shore, yeah, Mister yeah. Moon, Moonlight Man. Yeah, just fuck off and leave me alone. <laughs> uh, she gets in the car, drives away. Uh, but there's this great. This I was like, because I forgot this bit happened when so, she looks yeah. in the rearview mirror and the Moonlight Man with his shiny eyes is in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god, I forgot that. I Aye. forgot this bit happens. Then he calls on Mouse. <laughs> yeah, because he, he says it in a really low, grumbly voice. Mm. And I was like, yeah. ooh. Um, <clears throat> she crashes a car into a tree and um, people, you know, obviously are running out to, to check on her and see that mm-hmm. she's okay. Fast forward six months and Jessie is writing a letter to her 12-year-old self. She is struggling to write because she has a wounded hand and she's talking about how she doesn't know how long it's going to take until she's fully healed. Mm-hmm. And um, vo- uh, scenes, are, she, there's like voiceovers and like a montage of scenes and she's talking about how she's pretended to have amnesia throughout the whole ordeal um, so that she doesn't have to talk about anything painful or anything too close to her. So she's still got her boundaries and these barriers set up to protect herself. And yeah. Uh, from prying people because um, the lawyers, she mentions that the lawyers kept it out of the media and um, they just boiled it, like the the coroner said it was a heart attack and that's all they mm-hmm. really said about it. Um, she also mm-hmm. used some of Gerald's life insurance money to start a foundation for victims of sexual abuse. She says, even though that's all great, 
each night the man made of moonlight still appears before she yeah. falls asleep. Um, her wedding ring was never found, and eventually she learns the news about this serial killer with <laughs> acromyalgy who digs up crypts, steals bones and jewels, and eats the faces of male corpses. Yeah. Which really explains why Jesse wasn't harmed by him and why, why Gerald's face was bitten off. Yeah. yeah she, it was the dog. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, but it could have been the dog, but it could have also been this kind of creepy guy that's been watching you from the corner of your room. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was is it Raymond Andrew Joubert is his name, I think. Um, is the name of the, the, who you find out is the Moonlight Man. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And yeah, he's he's killed his sister and her fiance or her boyfriend, and called yeah. he called them mummy and daddy as well. So yeah, there's a lot of kind of parallels with the the kind of um, the, the the just abusive nature of this guy as well. Yeah, and the fact that maybe he didn't know better. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of like the way that he does vocalize this mummy daddy thing about his siblings, mm-hmm. um, so Jesse actually goes to um, the courthouse to his mm-hmm. uh, his sentencing date. Yeah, and um, she basically calls out to him, and he quotes what she said before leaving the house and says, "You know, you're not real. You're only made of moonlight." Mm-hmm. And um, which proves to her that he was actually there. It wasn't yeah. a hallucination. <clears throat> you were definitely there. Um, and before Jesse's face, she sees his, um, like his face go from Gerald's to Tom's back to his own. And she says to him, you're so much smaller than I remember. Mm-hmm. And walks out into the street and looks up at the sun, which mm-hmm. I thought was just... She's such a beautiful woman, and yeah. I'm so grateful that she told such a story of triumph, in a way. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The, so, I mean, the end scene when she's she's kind of confronting uh, the Moonlight Man, and yeah, he breaks his shackles as well, doesn't he? He just basically breaks out of his his chains. Um, yeah. And she's seen the face of Gerald, the face of her dad. It's and the face of him. That's her. I feel getting proper closure on it now she knows that this thing yeah it was there which is creepy at the time but it's like a full stop for her she's faced up to these uh, abusive male um abusive males in her life her dad gerald and obviously uh joubert and she's seeing them uh, for what they are which is cowardly people that pray and when they're taken out of what is their element they are they're small, like she says. Yeah. yeah, and she it is like it is obviously it's the, the ending of the movie, but it does feel like a full stop for her, like she's able to now move on, not worry about the moonlight man at night. And yeah. help other people as she started to do. Yeah, which is amazing. And I, I, I mm. like like Stephen King is a fantastic storyteller. I've mm-hmm. I've loved Stephen King since I was like I can't even remember how old I was when I saw Salem's a lot. Probably yeah. too young to be watching it. <laughs> Still um, gives me nightmares. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, the I kid just, in the window. I have an obsession with vampires since then. Mm. <laughs> no. 
Thanks, Stephen King. Um, but yeah, it, and he does tell wonderful stories. He, you know, um, I find that Car- Carrie is a really amazing story. You know, yeah. of just someone trying to find who they are, and and in a sense, you know, Gerald's game and Jesse are kind of in, you know, different stages of life, but still finding who they are. Yeah, I think for his faults and there is in some of. He, subjects he writes on i think he's always been a really good writer of female characters um yeah interesting isn't it he has always been really good and progressive maybe isn't the right word but certainly ahead of the curve with that like carrie you're not supposed to really be afraid of carrie obviously ultimately what what she does at the end is quite terrifying but she's the the character you're supposed to have sympathy for and it's all about her changing as becoming a woman um, and the, the uh, Jesse's character going through the abuse of men and I think Gerald's Game was written in the 80s and you have had stories of that ilk but for it to be written by a guy who at the time would have been born in the 40s it was quite a I would yeah. say <laughs> fairly forward 50s. thinking yeah, yeah. Um, and even looking at it um, with uh, oh, I forgot her name now. Um, Beverly. Yeah. Ben. Again, it's another Bev is another uh, female character who's went through domestic abuse from her father, but he writes her really well. Gets her come and follows a similar path actually to Jesse, where she marries someone similar to her dad. Yeah. That overcomes it, and yeah, he's been he's been fairly good at that. And now again. He's a, I don't know if you've seen Mr. Mercedes or... Um, I've seen the first episode and I was no. like, uh, this is brutal. Yeah, it's bad. It can be, but it's a very good series. It's a really good show. Yeah. Brend, um, Brendan Gleeson's just excellent in it. Um, I need to revisit that and mm-hmm. um, The Outsider. The Outsider, yeah, finished Outsider as well. I read the book as well, so there's through the book. <laughs> yeah, there's that's a difficult one to watch. I thought where there's a lot of kind of the, the sexual assault and that and the violence against kids. Yeah, it's really difficult. It's like, uh, at least if I read it, it's something I can block out and not yeah. create in my mind. I don't know yeah. if other people can do that. I can just choose to skip yeah. that and be like, oh, yeah. I just skip that little mm-hmm. description but when you're watching something you're like oh this is really there mm-hmm. so i haven't I mean, started the tv show yet it's ben mendelson as well and yeah. uh, paddy considine jason uh, bateman all welcome for ben mendelson by the way yeah <laughs> now, who have we got james mcavoy there you go you're welcome oh, for james mcavoy shut the front door <laughs> <laughs> um, he's one of my favorite actors <laughs> oh he's great um he's fantastic and for me, he's a Celtic fan as well, so he's 100% on my side. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's Wait, a, is this for basketball? or No, Celtic is in Glasgow Celtic soccer. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, aye, that's, a, that's a, just another point. But there's a, a character in The Outsider and in Mr. Mercedes, who's the same character, played by two different actresses, yes. Uh, yes. Holly Gibney. Yeah, and there's another one. I've actually got it. Um, if it bleeds. Oh, if it is bleeds it, is the sequel, isn't it? Or it's like a spin-off of. Yeah, the outsider. Um, I think the outsider. Yeah, sorry, I was yeah. thinking of later, later something. I've got it. Here um, to read. No. I've been reading but, Billy Summers as well. Right. Way, okay, that's one I've never. 
That's what I've never read. Interesting. Uh, interesting but i also picture the main character as ewan mcgregor so well <laughs> so you're going to be disappointed <laughs> there's another one you can thank us for there's ewan mcgregor, ewan mcgregor. he's good <laughs> my cousin actually took him uh around sydney when he was here he was oh, here cool. for like he was riding a motorbike around australia oh yeah the um the long way around or the long way down him and his mate yeah yeah so my cousin's a motorbike mechanic for uh, Motoguzi and Aprilia. Right, okay. And uh, he got to meet Ewan McGregor. And my cousin's like the most awkward person on the planet. Like, bless him. And I was like, really? My my cousin's going to talk about, like, steam trains and shit. Ewan McGregor, let me hang out with him. <laughs> talk about horror movies. I'll talk about cool shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, um, he's, I think he's been really good at writing. Yeah, just kind of pro- yeah. fairly progressive female characters. And again, Dolores mm. Claiborne. And, um, even... even um, the main female character, I can't remember her name, in Christine. Mm-hmm. Aye. She was great. Um, yeah. And, I don't uh, what her name was. Even Misery. Like, I mean, it's a yeah. strong character. It's a strong performance for Kathy Bates, but it's a Even strong female an character. Mm-hmm. Still, was oh, yeah. just fantastic. I only watched Misery recently. Okay. And my grandma's like, oh, you're in for a treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she really... My grandma's read a lot of his books, mm-hmm. um, or seen like earlier adaptations of the movies. Yeah, uh, but she had seen this particular one, and she, I was like, "Oh, I love Kathy Bates," and she's like, mm. "Oh, I don't know if you're going to love her after that movie." And I went yeah. out, and I was like, "Grandma, I love her even more." <laughs> Aye, and even um, Pet Cemetery. I mean, the stronger character yeah. in Pet Cemetery is the wife. Yeah, it's the absolutely. doctor that's breaking down and struggling and making the wrong choices. It's the wife that's the one that is the the kind of glue that's holding what's left of the family together. Yeah, and I think that he's writing, um, yeah, very uh, realistic characters because mm-hmm. the thing is, um, in horror writing and a lot of horror films, women are usually the antithesis of that. <laughs> like we're, we're depicted as Final the girl crazy, or... yeah, Aye. the one that never gets believed. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. like Stephen King's like, no, fuck you. Like I would believe a woman over anybody. <laughs> Aye. Because she's probably going to be like, I'm not buying. Like I'm, I've bought into this. We're out. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that is Gerald's game. I'm sure we missed a bit, but this film is a very long film. Mm-hmm. Um. It is like yeah, like you said, an hour and forty five, an hour and fifty minutes. And so, um, I tried to touch mainly on the really pivotal points of the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think we said at the start, this is for the subject matter it is quite long and it can be i wouldn't say for me personally it doesn't doesn't drag and isn't no. slow but some people might find it that way yeah it's mainly because it's a lot of uh monologues and whatnot mm-hmm. and unless i yeah. sat here and read the entire script um just go and watch <laughs> the film pretty <laughs> much yeah I, do that. I can't act um i did two <laughs> years of drama at school all it gave me was an ego and confidence um <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we wrap up, what is the last horror movie you watched? Because I know you were going to tell me, and you said you might go on a rant about it. What happened? Yeah. So, apart from Gerald's game, uh, actually, on our last episode, we had a discussion over the latest Michael Myers movie, Halloween Kills. Oh, I'm actually going to see it on Thursday. But uh... I know a lot of people. Are. <laughs> yeah. I know people, because my friend messaged me and he's like, Cat, I think it's good. People are saying it's shit. And I was like, Do you still want to go? And he's like, Yeah. And I was like, All right, let's go. <laughs> we'll still go. No. I mean, I, I, everyone is entitled to their opinion on every movie. It's all subjective. I watched this twice, once again, for 
my own just en- enjoyment because I was really buzzing to see this. I love the 2018 yeah. version. I think they made Michael scary for the first time since one and two. Like they made him intimidating. So I loved what they done with 2018. Possibly a wee bit too many kind of throwaway comedy lines, but I think that's the Danny McBride of the script. Um, oh, because he, yeah, he did the screenplay for that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he Odd. helped write it. Um, so I watched this twice second for taking notes, and I, the fact that I put myself through it for a second time just is so frustrating. It's, oh, no! There is a couple of decent scenes. We went into full spoiler thing, and I don't want to give, give anything away. You've seen the scene in the trailer, I'm stepping out the, the flaming house. Yes, yeah. Things like that are okay. It's so terribly acted. It's so hammy, and not in a good way. Oh, like and there's a there's a viciousness to Michael which I don't think has ever been present before. Like he's yeah. always kind of just been. Um, if someone gets in his way, he will maybe he'll kill them. But he's always it's been more purposeful, more... kind of thing. Yeah, like, you're in my way. See you later. Yeah, pretty much. This, this maybe, I mean, maybe it's been a character choice from what happened to him in the 2018 one. But just to support and cast, there's a chant of it that evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Yeah, everyone's oh, like, geez. if I hear that, my Twitter timeline. One of my friends may post it. Evil dies. Dot dot dot. When I get around to it. Yeah, it's like, so. Yeah. Right. Everyone it... thought it was a little bit. Yeah, it's, it was. Yeah, that. So that was that was my last horror experience before this, and it was so disappointing. I think was the main Aww. main takeaway from it for me. But Are you knew about the job. first, the original Carpenter. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. I think See, I'm as well. A big fan of right, okay. Like the Halloween franchise. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I just want to go. Oh, I'll just have some fun. I really like Rob Zombie's ones for some reason. I didn't like number two. I like number one. Yeah, Are those. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> I've seen so I've missed out the kind of so I've seen the first three with season of the witch is obviously the kind of standalone uh, yeah. Halloween. Um, I've missed out four, five, and six where it becomes this weird supernatural okay. sort of thing. Um, yeah. and then I've seen H two O Resurrection, the zombie ones, and then the latest. And yeah. yeah, the original is just a classic, but it's a fact as well. It's not actually. Michael Myers, obviously, for someone like myself, I was born in the kind of late eighties. He was already in the kind of public subconscious. You knew who he was, and you had an idea of him being this crazed serial killer, which he isn't really. In the first movie, he kills three people, but he's not um, like a Jason, or yeah, the, the kind of public perception yeah. of him is a wee bit different. And the first time I watched Halloween. Original. I wasn't a fan of it because I was a teenager and I was waiting for schlocky. And... Yeah, yeah. Being a teenager, what you wanted was lots of blood and boobs. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, there's boobs, but it's not done as like a way that the naughties horror movies were done. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when it was like, like, like all Eli the Roth. Other than Nightmare, yeah. And so, kind of disappointed first day I watched it but then going back and watching it yeah I watch it once a year around about this time a year um nice. actually and that kind of public perception of Michael is maybe what's led to this one and it happens with a lot of a lot of characters I mean you see it with a uh, pinhead as well yeah 
I always thought again before I actually read a Hellbound Heart before I read before I watched Hellraiser. <laughs> it's it's great, but um, when you think of Pinhead, there's someone I thinks of Pinhead. I think of again a Michael a, a Jason style uh, mass murderer, but Pinhead's a, a a small part of the first first um, Hellraiser. He's more of a the kind of thing that starts the story. It's a very adult yeah. horror movie, Hellraiser, like yeah. by a lot of its themes. And the public perception is the way it's kind of ingrained I, in it. I is, love, but... but I love how people are just like, yeah, Pinhead's my daddy, basically. Aye. Aye. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's just like a servant of hell, right? Yeah. Punisher. Like, that's what he does in hell. And everyone's like, yes! <laughs> yeah. Dress up as him for Halloween. Yeah. Kids might like it. But yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. actually, was it you that posted the one with the dog dressed as Pinhead? Might have been someone else. No, my... it wasn't me. No, I did see a small child house. dressed as dressed as Freddy last night. Though must have been ten at most. <laughs> God, that is that. That's a paedophile who kills kids in their sleep. <laughs> what? Well, it's not just a ten year old. I thought about dressing my niece as Chucky because she's short. That's fine. So I was like, that'll uh, work. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's a doll as well, and just yeah. uh, just taking out of context. Fine. Mm. Yeah. Next year, the no TV show. No, the TV series that's TV meant to be excellent. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Um, so yeah, Halloween last... kills. Don't bother. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't have high expectations for it. I've yeah. had a lot of friends leave like two and three star reviews, so I'm like, okay, I trust their judgment, but I'm I'm still gonna go see it so I can say I saw it. Uh, so. I'm assuming that's out of ten. I. No, Letterboxd, no, so five. Five or two and three, I think, has been generous. <laughs> Someone might have done a one and a half, because I saw it yeah. shared on my Twitter timeline. So I was like, ooh, interesting. And mm. I didn't open it, because I got distracted, like I always do. Aye. <laughs> so the last horror film I watched was The Endless. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, the... Netflix at the moment? It's not, over... it's not over here, no, because I, 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 I did look for it this, this month. But um, yeah, the follow-up to Resolution... Yeah, I haven't Brilliant. seen the I haven't seen resolution, but yeah. I watched this and I just sat afterwards and I was like, "Fuck, I loved that movie." <laughs> Brilliant, kind of cosmic horror sci-fi. No. Yeah, it was superb. I saw that for the first time this month. Um, it was so good. And I watched yeah, I watched the other day. I just watched resolution and I watched the endless, and but both yeah, of I them are find fantastic. Resolution, so I can um can see it and know. Yeah. Because I just I love. I'm obviously not going to talk about it because it'll give everything away. But I mm-hmm. love um how they figure it all out and they're just yeah. like oh fuck what is going yeah. on here so and, you know trying to protect the younger brother and the whole aye. cult idea and it's like mm-hmm. oh. the resolution is um again not giving anything away the guys in the cabin okay in yeah, the endless yeah. it's their story oh cool okay aye. awesome so yeah, starts they with were, them. yes because um they're <laughs> an interesting part of the the film yeah Hi. oh i just got uh, yeah everyone needs to go and see the endless and obviously please watch resolution i haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet i didn't know until like after i'd watched the endless that it was a sequel to something mm-hmm. well not it's yeah. not a direct sequel but um they the do st- overlap it's the same universe type of thing isn't it like yeah yeah so yeah both excellent though yeah really good oh my god i've I just been... loved it so much Aye. i had um just a day, I, I tried to do myself, give myself 
one horror movie a day over October. We just were working the kid and everything. I got about halfway through the month getting one a day, which I thought was quite good going. Um, nice. But yeah, I've just watched so many. Um, it was the just having a wee look here. Uh, resolution the Block Island sound, which is on Netflix in the UK anyway, and okay. is kind of similar maybe to like Resolution and maybe The Endless more. Um, it's a weird kind of sci-fi horror uh, haunting style thing. It covers a lot, and it's um, about a, a son who works on a fishing trawler. His dad, and he's gonna. I don't want to give too, literally anything away from it because it it can be quite uh, spoilery right from the start. But that's well worth checking out. The Block Island sound. Okay, I feel like I've seen that on a recommendation list somewhere. Hmm. And also, yeah. oh, a caveat on Shudder. Oh, I have, yes, I, that's on Netflix. <laughs> Netflix here, over you are, right. Mm-hmm. It was a Shudder no, original. No, it's on Shudder. But... No, mm-hmm. I was thinking of um, something else, Cadaver. Oh, okay. It's Aye. on Aye. Netflix. That's one, yes. yeah. Because I've watched a couple of good, I watched Hell House LLC for the first time the other Hell day. Yeah. That's fun. I uh, yeah, uh, that's one of my kind of go-tos. I really like that. The, the sequels yeah. are a wee bit lesser, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen the sequels yet. And then I watched yeah. No One Gets Out Alive, which uh, is ri- well, it's adapted from a book. The same guy who wrote The Ritual. Right, is that the one? Is it like a slasher? No, or is it supernatural? Is that the right? So I'm getting mixed up with. Is it Spanish? There's somebody oh, there's... inside. Yeah, right. you're thinking of there's somebody inside your house. That is a slasher, yes. And that is based yeah. on a book as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, no, I wasn't um, a fan of that one. But... No, this one's, I can't say anything because it'd give it away. Yeah, but yeah. I highly recommend that as well. It's on Netflix at the moment. Yeah, that's basically what I watched this week. And then I watched mm. Jigsaw because I was like, have I seen this? <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. like, no, I haven't. So that, <laughs> I, had a, I had a pretty good week for Halloween. Um, I was home mm. this weekend because I am testing it of. I was testing out my new medication and I was like, I don't trust myself driving anywhere right now. Um, now Definitely. I've kind of gotten used to like what my baseline is. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all right. Good I stuff. think. <laughs> so I just stayed home and watched movies all weekend. Seems like a plan. Where can listeners find you and your podcast? Because you also talk about films and, and whatnot. Yeah, so a podcast is called Road to Nowhere, and Nowhere spelled K-N-O-W-H-E-R-E, is in the planet that the Guardians of the Galaxy go to in, in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, we focus mainly on horror, sci-fi, and comic book movies. Um, we've just quite recently started up, we've had a kind of few false starts, but now we're getting properly into it. We've discussed Halloween uh, kills, we've discussed um, our top kind of five sci-fi um, movies just as an opening episode and it's uh, at Road to Nowhere um, myself um, at Nowhere Andy um, I don't use my, my, my own one as much that's mostly for internal competitions but yeah at, at, <laughs> <laughs> at Road to Nowhere is the kind of main one where you'll get us and our lists and interviews and things like that that we've got up Awesome, well thank you for joining me to talk about another Mike Flanagan film, I always love <laughs> Meeting new Flanagan fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to say those words, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Too much alliteration. Yeah. yeah. We should, uh, we'll have to do it again and talk about a Scottish movie or something. Yeah. Something I haven't um, seen before. I'll, I'll have a look up. But yeah, thanks very much for having me on. This has been great. We've loved it. Um, 
Even the time difference, we worked it out not too bad. It's really good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's all the 11 hours, it's fine. <laughs> and thank you, listeners. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please remember to leave a rating and review where you listen to your podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can find me on Twitter at catstead underscore or on Instagram at cattgif. To read all the latest from the podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at TGIF Podcasts. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday.